When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of The Future of Flushing, your Future of Flushing Flash Update. Jonathan Barron, Vito Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Uh, I go by Khaleesi you. now. You know, Vito, you, I, I swear you change it like every other time we do one of these. I've, and the listeners, if you go back and you document it, it actually is different all the time. Depends on my mood. Really depends on my mood that day. That's that's how it works. Well, the mood right now, a little bit somber. The big Mets, the New York Mets, drop a, a really tough one against the New York Yankees here on this Tuesday evening. Um, you're listening to this on Wednesday morning, but you know we just want to talk about the Met game real quick because a, a very, very tough loss. A game that the Mets really had a lot of opportunities to win. Um, you know, a tough play for Brandon Nemo in center field. They lead the base loaded in the eighth inning. Tommy Pham hits a ball to the wall, just doesn't have enough to get out. And it all results in a one run loss for the Mets in the series opener against the Yankees. And all, we all know those annoying Yankee fans in our lives. And I'm sure we're all hearing from them right now. It just sucks to lose to them. And like, it's always going to the subway series as a fan is always a gamble. You know what? I feel that way anytime I go to a game that's a rivalry game, no matter what the sport is. For instance, I'm a big hockey fan. If the listeners haven't figured that out by now, which, by the way, the Stanley Cup's about to be awarded as we speak, so the NHL season's over. But I was at Game 7, Rangers-Devils, a long time ago now, and I knew the calculus in my head was, if I go to this game at Prudential Center, I run the risk of being the most miserable human being possible and being in their building while they celebrate. Now, of course, on the other side, if it turns your way, it's the greatest thing in the world, but it's a gamble. And um, yeah, tonight it, it didn't work out for the Met fans. A great crowd, no matter what. Um, it's always fun when these two teams get together. But like I said, just a really, really tough, tough loss. Um, but hey, that's the beauty of baseball, right? You do it again tomorrow and you have a chance to get them back. Now, John, you're in the control room for the game. For those of you who don't know, John... When you see those fun little puns up on the scoreboard, John is responsible for a lot of them. And I text John from time to time just to say what a good job he did with his puns that day, with his stats. Now, John, on a game like this, like, what's the vibes like in the control room? Well, I mean, you know, for a game like tonight, um, the Mets jump out to the 5-1 lead and everyone's having fun. You know, there was a note, I don't know if you saw it, about Tommy Pham being from Las Vegas. He actually wore his Vegas Golden Knights jersey to the stadium today. Mentioned that he's from Vegas, Golden Knights fan, and they're on the verge of winning their first cup. It's a good time in there. You know, everyone's feeling it. The crowd shots are great because everyone's having a good time and enjoying themselves out in the crowd. Um, you know, tonight's game was never really out of hand. So there was always a chance. The Mets were always a pitch away, a swing away from yeah. tying or taking the lead. So there's always that hope. Um, but yeah, you know, these games, I think everyone, no matter what you're doing at the stadium, Everyone wants to bring their A game. You know, I woke up this morning feeling like it's a big day. Some people said I dressed 
extra nice today. I, I was just about to say that. The fact that you <laughs> just said that you sh- you woke up today thinking I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to be on my best behavior or whatever. John dressed fancy today. John That's wore John wore a nice, I would say, salmon colored shirt, maybe mm. lavender. It's one of those. It definitely pink some, more on the pink side. He wore some salmon. Salmon and lavender are both pinkish. Um, lavender the purple. What are you talking about? Lavender is a purple ish. Pink-ish. No, it's purple. No, pink-ish. no, you can't put the word ish on there and it just be a different color. So John so. showed up wearing a little shirt, a little tight on the biceps because Johnny B's got some guns. Then he wore some nice pants, Lululemon, and then he wore some loafers with no socks. And he acted like he wasn't dressed fancy, even though a lot of times this guy just wears a hoodie and jeans. Yeah, on Saturday for four o'clock games, I'll wear a hoodie. But, you know. I mean, yeah, Subway Series, you got to bring it. That's it. You got to bring it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. One thing that's great about minor league baseball, and John and I, when we went to the Cyclones game, we talked about this. And I think this is a perfect time to mention what's great about minor league baseball. You go to a minor league baseball game, win or lose, you don't really like, it doesn't bother you when you leave the game. You know, you went, you saw some at bats you were looking forward to see, you were watching players, you were seeing baseball at like one of its purest forms. And then you go home and you're like, you take what you got. It's such a nice feeling to go to a minor league baseball game and not feel the heartbreak and stress of a major league game. Now I do know that there are people where like, that's your only team in town and you are going and you are living and dying by your team and wanting them to win. But like, you know, sometimes it's just nice to go to a minor league game and unwind. Yeah, that's that's definitely the beauty about minor league baseball. And that's probably a good segue for us to get into the night that was John, you don't have to say it was a segue. I was I was clearly making it a segue. Or you're trying to you're trying to shut us up and get uh, move on to it. Well, <laughs> you know. All right. Let's get into it. We'll start with the Syracuse Mets, right? A big debut for a former Yankee, speaking of the Bronx Bombers. If you don't know who we're talking about, of course we're talking about Luke Voigt. Signed by the Mets to a minor league deal very recently. Uh, And Luke Voigt in his Syracuse Mets debut came in with a bang. Had a triple, drove in two. Syracuse Mets won six to nothing against the Buffalo Bisons on Tuesday night. Another good start for Joey Lucchese. Six strikeouts over six and two-thirds scoreless innings. And Nate Lavender and Grant Hartwig, a couple guys to keep an eye on as late late inning bullpen options, excuse me, both had scoreless innings to lock down the six-nothing victory for the Syracuse Mets. So a nice and tidy win for Syracuse on Tuesday night. Yeah, it's nice to see the boys pitching well. I mean, Grant Hartwig, we've been mentioning him a lot on these updates and talking about how, I mean, actually, I don't think we've mentioned him that much on these updates, but he's somebody that John and I have talked about a lot since before the season started. He's somebody that is a real possibility to see get called up at some point to flushing. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy to say you could see Grant Hartwig this year. He's yeah. definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Now we're going to move on to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies game, not the Binghamton Mets, as John has not said on this podcast yet. John, we should actually clarify something because that was on one of our a little peek behind the curtain on one of our test episodes. John pointed out he says Binghamton Mets a lot. 
Yeah, no, I've been making an effort to not say Binghamton Mets just because that's not what they're called. And um, yeah, I mean, look, the first professional baseball game I ever attended was not a, a Mets game. It was actually a Trenton Thunder against Binghamton Mets game back in like, I think, 96. My dad took me, um, which is a very, very smart move, by the way, for all parents. I'm about to be a parent myself. The first game should not be a major league game. First of all, you're spending a lot of money to go see the major league game. And if you do have to leave after five innings, if the kid obviously depends on how old the kid is, is acting up, just doesn't, you know, love it, whatever it might be. Then you kind of like, oh, man, I wasted money. Kind of like you were saying, if you go to a minor league game and you leave early, you still feel like you got your money's worth. The experience was still well worth it. So, yes, I do have a problem saying Binghamton Mets. I have not yet said Binghamton Mets. But now that I've just said it twice, it's back in my brain. And I wouldn't be surprised if I accidentally blurted it out pretty soon. Keep an eye on it. If we don't catch him, if I don't catch John saying Binghamton Mets and you do at home, make sure to tweet him. John, what is it? At JMB9191? That is correct, Vito. So the Rumble Ponies lost 9-1 to one to the Portland Sea Dogs. Mm -hmm. Great name, Portland Sea Dogs. Yep. Matt Rudick went 2-3 for three with a walk. He has a 10-26 OPS in his last 26 games now. And you know what the best part is? That's 21 walks to just 16 strikeouts. That, to me, is what really jumped off the page when I was kind of taking a gander at what Matt Rudick has been doing recently. Um, you know, one of the biggest improvements he's made from last year to this year that has elevated his prospect status is the pull power. He's hitting the ball with authority to the pull side. But a lot of left-handed hitters sell out in order to do that. And with that, the eye suffers for it, right? The, the, select, the, the selectiveness at the plate definitely diminishes but not with Matt Rudick to have 21 walks to just 16 strikeouts and now close to a month of action. That's impressive. So, you know, we mentioned last episode, he's only five foot six and perhaps he was overlooked for that reason, but he's doing incredible things right now for this rumble ponies team. And another big night on Tuesday, another guy we've spoken about in recent episodes, Jose Peroza, who was two for four on Tuesday night, Homered again did Peroza. So that's now three homers in the last five games for Jose Peroza. He just keeps on hitting. We just saw Luke Ritter be promoted. He made his Syracuse debut this evening on Tuesday night. I don't know when it's coming, if it's coming, but Jose Peroza is really making a case to see how he fares against that next level of competition at all. He's just been on fire. Our main goal when we started this show was everybody knows the Brett Beatties, everybody knows the Francisco Alvarezes. We want you guys at home to know everybody in the system and know who you need to to learn about. And like when somebody gets called up, when somebody takes that random Uber to a stadium from Syracuse, we want you to know who that person is. Um, let's talk about the Brooklyn Cyclones. They lost eight to seven to the Aberdeen Ironbirds. It's a big night for the outfield with Jalen Palmer and Omar De Los Santos both homering. Uh, Omar De Los Santos, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast. We had a chance to talk to him at spring training. Guy's story is incredible. We've played this on the scoreboard at City Field just so people know about it. But this is a guy who almost quit baseball. And mm -hmm. a week before he was ready to call it quits and just be done with it, he shows up to a tryout, shows up to a camp at the Mets facility, ends up making the team and decides, I'm going to stick it out. And then last year, that culminates with not only winning an FCL championship, but also being the FSL MVP. Yeah, and you know, look, the, the transition from low A to high A was challenging for Omar De Los Santos. But actually, Vito, when you and I paid a visit to Brooklyn, we saw him at a home run. 
And since then, I think it's just ironic. Or maybe he knew we were there. And then he was like, oh, it's John and Vito. And things just turned around. And that home run we saw him hit in Brooklyn, John, if you remember, mm-hmm. was a monster over that left field wall in Brooklyn that's got the double height over the Xavier High School ad, my alma mater. Um, but, like, he is just so exciting to watch. Really nice guy. And just, I mean, I, I root for anybody with a good story because baseball is all about stories. Yeah, a great story and all the tools in the world. And let's not forget that Jalen Palmer also put in a lot of work this offseason with Richie Benz from the Cyclones. Yeah, one of the fastest guys in the organization has focused on hitting the ball harder and making more contact in the strike zone. And he has achieved both of those goals. The speed, the speed speaks for itself. I mean, he's probably one of the fastest guys in professional baseball, also homered on Tuesday night. So a big night for that Cyclones outfield. Uh, just to put a wrap on the Cyclones game. DeAndre Smith, an infielder that was taken by the Mets last year in the fifth round out of USC, that is USC Southern California, not Mark Luino's Gamecocks, just have to make that distinguishment, Uh, played in his fifth game, had two hits, uh, very toolsy middle infielder, 5'9", 180, so not a huge build, but some sneaky pop, couple hits for the infielder, DeAndre Smith on Tuesday night. Now we move on to the St. Lucie Mets, who earned a 5-2 win against the Palm Beach Cardinals, a few big storylines from this one. Uh, the first one, Jose Quintana, made his first outing since the scare he had back in spring training. He faced six batters through 26 pitches, no walks, as he continues to work to make his Mets debut. On the other side of that, you might be thinking, hmm, a bona fide major league pitcher making a rehab start for the St. Lucie Mets, and who is he doing it against? Once again, the Palm Beach Cardinals and Vito If the listeners don't know what I'm talking about, please explain what I'm talking about. A few years ago, back when Jacob deGrom was making a few rehab starts, I believe it was 2021. It was. It just seemed like every single time Jacob deGrom had a rehab start, it was against the Palm Beach Cardinals. And this team, whoever was running their Twitter, was having a ball with it. And every time would post things like, are you guys for real right now? Why is this guy pitching against us? What's going on? So it is always exciting to see who the Mets put up against the Palm Beach Cup. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A couple other big performances for the St. Lucie Mets. The first one was Jet Williams. Went two for four with a homer and a steal. And, um, you know, this game really was Jet Williams putting on display all the tools that the Mets saw that they were like, we need, we need to make this guy our own last year going 14th overall in the 2022 draft. And another guy that we've brought up a ton in the last few days, Jacob Reimer, staying hot, hit a home run, went 435 feet. This kid looks so good right now. And as we bring up every night, so young. And now this is the part where we take a little pause because we don't want you to get confused because we got some similar names coming up. So we talked about Jose Peroza before. Now we're talking about Vincent Perozo, And he had a hit clocked at 108 miles per hour off the bat. Yeah, and it's not the first time he's done that in the recent days. Over the weekend, he had a few balls hit that hard. Just another guy to keep an eye on. The The raw metrics, the batted ball metrics, tell you that there's a, a number of guys right now on this St. Lucie Mets team 
We've mentioned him in previous episodes, Wilfredo Lara, Yarol Martinez, Jacob Reimer we just talked about, obviously Jet Williams, Vincent Perozo. So many guys that are opening eyes with how hard they're hitting the ball for the St. Lucie Mets. So a good night for the St. Lucie Mets as they win 5-2. to two. We'll wrap this up really quick. The DSL Mets Orange team, they lost 5-4, to four, but still some performances to talk about. Jose Chirinos, we talked about him last week. He followed up his great performance in his season debut by striking out seven hitters over four innings with just two hits allowed on Tuesday. Chirinos now has 12 strikeouts in eight innings as he really has been opening up eyes as well down with DSL Orange. And another player to keep an eye on with that DSL Orange team, Julio Zayas. He had two homers on Saturday. He went two for four on Tuesday. He's now 10 for 23 with four doubles and two homers. And a guy that brings versatility, he can play first base, he can play third base, and he also catches. And teams are always looking for guys that can both catch and play elsewhere in the field. So now instead of doing what you should watch this week, we're just going to highlight a specific player. Works out pretty well because the FCL Mets and the FCL Nationals were suspended due to rain, tied score of 5-5 to at the moment. But we want to take this chance to highlight Nick Morbido. Big night with two hits. The reason we're highlighting him is we haven't told you a little bit about his story, and I'm going to say this pretty quick. Nick Morbido's a guy whose uncle played professional, played minor league baseball, grew up with a batting cage in his uncle's basement, just grinding it out every day, really working on that bat speed. Nick Morbido told us at spring training that his biggest philosophy is he doesn't want to do anything special. He doesn't do anything crazy with the bat. He's really just focused on the quickest way to get that bat to get to the ball. And because of that, he has one of the fastest bat speeds probably in the organization. So we just want you to keep an eye on Nick Morbido. We have mentioned him before. Got off to a slower start, but this is the second time we brought him up in a week, so he's obviously doing something right. Sometimes it just takes these guys to adjust, especially when you're pretty young. Just turned 20 in May. He's still young. Got a ton of time ahead of him. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Future of Flushing. We will be back tomorrow morning with last night's scores, which is kind of a confusing. I mean, we're going to be back tomorrow with last yeah, night's Yeah, you lost me there. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what's when. I don't even know where anything is right now. So we'll see you all in the future. Thank you all for listening.